Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast it's the Darkest Timeline podcast. So it's a very tired version of me rambling about probably stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense because I was really tired when it was recorded. Make from that what you will. Take from that what you will. Um, yeah. Before we get started, please consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop reviews, share the podcast around. Anything you can do with the podcast, do it. Right, let's get into a, um, a, a rambling version of the Darkest Timeline podcast. So uh, here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the Darkest Timeline. Hello. How are you doing? Um, so, first things first, need to get this out right at the very start. Um, this is probably going to be a doozy of a podcast. Um, <sighs> brain is not brain is not fully functioning, which is not great as I'm sure you can imagine, to do some talky-talking. Um, and, and I'll go through the reasons for that, the multitude of reasons for that. Um, this podcast is either going to be about half an hour long, um, not, I don't know what you would call it, or it's going to end up being like three hours long and absolute gibberish. Um Anyway... Something um, something I need to sort of go through for this first bit is I know um, and over the last few few weeks, couple of weeks, two or three weeks, whatever it is, um, I've probably I've probably started sounding a bit like a little bit of a broken record um, because. I am dealing with something, I am going through something, I am making changes to my life. These are supposed to be positive changes. However, there's a lot of negativity um, that are going hand in hand with these changes. And those things are causing me problems. But a large part of this podcast, for want of a better way of putting it, is me talking about what I'm doing on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. Why I think that would be interesting, I don't know. Um, there are times that I don't think it's interesting. Um, which would then beg the question, why do I then burden you lovely people with it? Um, but, the first few bits, um, other bits, I, I don't know. Some of the bits through this podcast are going to be the same subject I've been talking about recently, which is about making the effort to get up early and to put that time in at the start of the day, maximise the day, win the morning, a multitude of other phrases that I'm sure apply, Um, and what effect that is having on me, my life, my... I was going to say my family, but... It does translate and it doesn't translate. Uh, so, um, I think I reached. I think I reached the depression point, which I'm sure people will be thrilled to hear. Um, I've heard well, like stuff I've read and stuff that I've listened to and stuff I've heard um in recent times that this is an inevitable stage. Um honestly I kinda hoped it wasn't going to be but it, uh, it's inevitable. Um so I knew it was a possibility, I knew it was probably going to happen, I knew all of that, 
but I also kind of hoped it wasn't going to happen, and it, it, it has. So, getting up out of bed when all you want to do is stay in bed, going and running and trying to run further distance, whether it's every day or every week or whatever, um, you put those two things together, then you add a full-time job into the mix, then you add being a full and part-time parent into the mix, then you add into needing a particular series of things in your life to make your life feel that little bit more fulfilled, then you add into it trying to deliver some sort of quality podcasts. I know some people might question that, but um, so if you take the running and the <clears throat> getting up early and the working out and the all that, if you take all that out, still probably constitutes quite a fairly jam-packed day. So I added an additional dimension. I was already running, working out and all of that, but I was like, hey, I need to shove it into this time slot in the day and just deal with it. Which was maybe not the right way of doing it in hindsight. <clears throat> so it all came to a head. Last Wednesday, I want to say. Um, I think that there was a double podcast recording Wednesday evening. And in my head, in my mind, I was going to go out Thursday morning and run my longest run ever. Uh, it was going to be eight and a half, nine, ten miles. Um, but I was also going into the office. And on the Monday... Um, I was going in the office and I'd set out to do this monster run and I got so far out and then all of a sudden it's 7 o'clock in the morning and I'm 45 minutes away from home and I need to be home in 45 minutes but I've not done the full run so and it was just this oh my word holy shit balls what the fuck are those bad words um, and that built from there and it had this knock on effect so I got to Wednesday evening, cranking through podcasts, <clears throat> cranking through podcast coding, looking at the app on my phone, which I can use to plan running routes, all of this. And I'm going to be honest. I do try where possible to be as honest as I can in these situations. Um, there is a particular word that I do not like. Um, I feel... The reason that I don't like it is I feel that it is used far too much in far too many situations. And I feel that it allows weakness. Um, but that word is anxiety. And weirdly, you know, the only way at the time that I could that I could kind of describe it was my anxiety around getting up Thursday morning to do this big long run and try to go to work. And I reached a point <clears throat> where it was that bad, I was worrying that much about all these different things, that it <clears throat> started making me feel sick. Now, I'm doing a multitude of things, like I said, trying to code, trying to code podcasts, trying to get the podcast sorted, so I didn't have to deal with them with them Thursday morning because I wasn't going to be here to deal with them, so I needed them done. I was also trying to read a book, uh, which sounds weird, but it was one of those where you go onto Amazon and you're like, "I'm interested in the book. Oh, look, I can read the first few pages, the first couple of chapters, or whatever." So I was also doing that because I was waiting for stuff to code. The book in question I was reading was talking, weirdly enough, about what I was going through at that point in time. And it was talking about enduring. And it was talking about ways to cope. And it was talking about all this, that, and the other. And I reached a point where I was like, I 
I'm going to have to go to bed because I am absolutely beside myself. But then I had a realization. I was like, hang on a minute. Maybe we're looking at this the wrong way. Maybe we're going about this the wrong way. Maybe there's a way to make this right. There's a way to make this okay. Maybe there's a way to make it not not so bad. As I okay, let's strip it down. Let's boil it down to its it, to its parts. Let's boil it down to what is the thing that is making me the most worried? The thing I'm worried about the most. And I realized that it was the run. Trying to get more miles in, in in the same amount of time is just not possible. It's like saying, hey, you run a 12-minute mile. Day in, day out. Tomorrow, I want you to go and run a 10-minute mile. For somebody who consistently runs a 12-minute mile, a 10-minute mile is almost impossible if you then say, and I want you to do it consistently for 10 miles. 11, 11.30, whatever, is that's a, that's a different thing. But saying, I want you to completely change everything by tomorrow, it's just not possible in theory so I was like right let's start there I went to my app I looked up a previous run that was a shorter distance I was like look I don't necessarily need to do eight nine ten miles maybe I need to do six miles maybe if I do six miles I can say hey I still run six miles it's a long distance. It's going to get those rings, the numbers, however you want to word it. It's going to achieve those things. Set me up for the day. You know, I'll, need, I'll just need to work out in the evening when I get home. Da, 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 da. Maybe that's the answer. So I, I found a, a route that was a little over six miles. And I went, right, I'm just going to run that in the morning. That's that done. And... <clears throat> Although the feeling of dread, I am consumed by feelings of dread at the moment. It's quite unbearable. For example, I need to get up and run in the morning. I need to get up at 5.30 and I need to go and run. I need to do many, many miles. I say many, many miles. I need to do some miles. I'm dreading it. For a lot of reasons. So. I was able to continue reading the book I was reading. Finish up the podcasts. Get them coded and get them uploaded. And it was almost like I was just ticking on it. Like I'm reading this book and this book is helping me. I'm getting these podcasts coded and that's going to help me. I've resigned myself to I'm only going to run six miles in the morning. That's helping me. And I'm now going to go to bed, which is earlier. And that's going to help me. Tick, 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 tick. And that's what I did. <sighs> Come the next morning, I got out of bed. And I got out of bed. This was another key thing. I've been losing um, about 15 minutes on a morning. I've been losing. And that doesn't help. 15 minutes is a mile, even if you walk it. So I was losing a mile because I was losing 15 minutes. So I made sure to get up, get dressed as fast as I could, get my shoes on as fast as I could, and get out of the door as fast as I could. So that was that. And away we go. Um, reached the end of the route I was doing. And as I'm coming to come down the hill home, I've I've clocked the mileage I wanted to, to do. It was, you know, good number of miles, job done. But I was checking my watch and I went, hang on a minute, I've got 20 minutes before I need to be home in the threshold to get home, get showered, get dressed, get out the door to go to the office. Hmm. 
that's interesting. I was like, well, I can do, I can walk the dog in 25 minutes. And that's walking. So maybe I run the dog walk and that dog walks 1.3 miles. So if I do that, then I'm adding 1.3 miles to this run. Sweet. So as I came down the hill, I was like, right, here we go. I'm off. And I just carried on. Carried on, carried on running, ran home. Stopped the watch. Went in the house, checked on my running app. And my running app said those beautiful words that we always want to see every single day. This is your longest run. I'd done well over eight miles. And I was like, wow. Just making two tiny, simple changes made all the difference. And whereas Wednesday night... I am sick with worry. By Thursday evening, when I've done this, the, the longest run of the day, and I managed to get my workout in, and I managed to get the dog walks, and I managed to get all these things done, and go to work, take my dog where she needed to be, and all of that stuff. Thursday night, I felt amazing. I was like, I'm guessing this is the sort of stuff I wish I'd have known. Years ago, all the way through my life, I wish I'd have known this. The breaking stuff down into chunks, looking at those chunks, and then maybe looking at a a way to make a small change to those chunks to make them manageable. So, it was was an interesting experiment. Um, So that was that. Now the... (laughs) (laughs) now then that was Wednesday and Thursday Tuesday (laughs) Tuesday I got up at half past five and I said it's fine I've got got 15 minutes between now and when I actually have to get out of bed I'm going to turn this alarm off go back into bed for 15 minutes And then when the alarm goes off, I'm going to get up, I'm going to get out of bed, and I'm going to go. As I was getting back into bed, I went, oh man, I'm, I'm so tired. Getting into this warm, comfortable bed, it's just the absolute best. And you know what the absolute worst is? Getting out. And part of me made a decision right there and then that I wasn't doing it. <clears throat> so, when that second alarm went off, uh, yeah, uh, I, I turned it off and got back into bed. And let's not let's not mix our words here. It was absolute. Bliss. And absolutely the wrong thing to do. I don't know if there was part of me that that made it better. I don't know. But. It was such a. It was such a a double edged sword. It was such a. This this feels amazing. But I'm going to regret it. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I, that I read and watch and listen to these days is about those regrets. You didn't get up, you didn't do the thing you were supposed to, and now you're behind for the day. But it was absolute bliss. <laughs> now then, a few things. One, still went to run, still got up. I just got up a little bit later, I still went out of the door and I still ran. I didn't run as far as I wanted to, I didn't get as many miles as I wanted to, and still then had to do the rest over the course of the day. You know, getting it done in the evening, you know, got to move the workout around, all this sort of stuff. 
It all got done by the end. Ticked all the boxes. Got all the numbers, the rings, whatever. Um, I think psychologically I needed it. Uh, I needed to just to have that one moment where I was like, I, I, I'm not doing it today. I'm, I'm take it almost like I'm taking the day off, even though I wasn't taking the day off. I still, over the course of the day, ran X number of miles. You know, I think I did four miles in the morning, and then I don't know, was it that day that I ran at lunchtime, and then I ran again in the evening, and then I worked out. And over the course of the day, I still got the miles done that I needed to. <clears throat> but I think I needed it. Um, and I'm not going to lie, there were points throughout the day where I was, I just kept going, oh, I should have just got up, I should have just got up. But those were immediately met with, yeah, but it was so nice to just lie in bed and and, and recover I find a lot these days that there really isn't a lot of recovery. The five hours of sleep, that's not enough recovery. The potentially at various points in time not eating enough, that's not enough recovery. You know, just not necessarily really looking after myself quite as well as I should be when I'm putting out the way that I'm you know the output is 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 high in a lot of ways I'm probably not looking after myself in the right ways the, at the other end of the scale so there's that um I change I change subjects for a little bit so that we're not just to, uh, and then I will I will go back so don't think we've got away from it. Um, something we're dealing with or have been dealing with in our house recently is um, my youngest daughter has taken up lying. Um, now I had a conversation with somebody the other day where I was saying I think this is actually a phase um, because I went through it with my middle daughter. Uh, my middle daughter went had this had this phase of horrific lying, um, and I, I, I that's not how I roll. The thing that will never will never cease to amaze me, will never cease to baffle me, is when a child does something in front of you, and you ask them. If they'd done that thing and they say no, it's like, child, I just watched you do it. You want to change your answer on that one? You want to think about that? You want to phone a friend? Because I just watched you do it. Did you do that? No, I didn't. Okay. Now, admittedly, for my middle daughter, um, she went through it hard. Like she went hard in the paint. There was a lot of, um, I didn't do that. Interesting because your footprint is embedded in the offending article. You want to try that one again? I didn't do it. Okay. Um, and there was, there was some real difficult times or some real dark times. Um, there is an aspect of some part of her has never, has never got out of it. The only thing is now that I see the cogs turning when I am like, did you do this or did you do that or what happened here or who did this or what's, you know, I can see the cogs turning and what's in a lot of ways nice is that with me, she lands on, um, I'm going to tell you the truth. I know that she doesn't operate that system with everybody. But that's not, you know, that's not my concern in a lot of ways. I would like to tell the truth at all times. I understand that's not always possible. So, so I'm working on the principle that it's a phase. It's a phase that I do not like and I do not enjoy and I will not tolerate. But it is a phase. 
So my youngest daughter has reached this phase and we've had a few now severe incidents of it. Um, like I say, she did something in front of me. I watched her do it. I then asked her about it and she said that it didn't happen. Like, I watched you do it. So, did you do that? No. What What is happening right now? Am I talking a foreign language? Are you kidding me? And it was when I gave the wild example of, so it grew legs and did it itself, did it? Yes. I think there's still a hole in the ceiling where my head went through it because I'm like, how could you possibly say that to me? So uh, we've had some some really severe cases of it, and uh, in the in the last week, um, there's been a particularly bad one. So, um, one of those things. As a parent, when you throw out a, throw out a threat, and then further down the line, you're, it's almost like you've been caught. Your bu- your bluff's been called, so then you have to kind of follow through with it. So I told her if she lied again, she was going to lose her toys. And then a week later, she lied. So <laughs> it was a bit like oh, I don't want to. I don't want to pack all these toys up, but um. Lan went with the approach of, you need to select the toys that you're prepared to lose, or not prepared to lose, because they're the ones that should go. So, that was that. Um, personally, I'm hoping that she has learned a lesson. There seems to be a lot more remorse now than at the time. But, um, it's... <sighs> It's really not a, a a good a good phase. I can tell you that much. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that we're through the worst of it. Um, so going back, going back a little bit, uh, something else that I was dealing with was having to sacrifice uh, me time. I know that sounds a bit weird, but um, like having that, I've got half an hour until I need to go to bed. Um, Normally I would put the PlayStation on at this point in time, but really there is literally no point putting it on for half an hour because I'm going to bed in half an hour, so I'll just not bother. Um, Reading... Is, is another one. Um, I like to read before I go to bed. <clears throat> I try and do it every day. And every day, apart from yesterday, I succeed. Uh, I'll get to that in a bit. Um, so, the realisation where I was like, oh, I'm going to read two pages of this book and then go to bed, because that's all I've got time for. Um, I'm a very... <sighs> In some ways, I like to think that I'm quite a simple man. And yes, I do mean that in in both ways that it could be meant. Um, I like like certain things in my life. And as long as I've got those things, I'm happy. If I don't have those things, I'm, I'm less happy. Um, and again, I think that was compounding like all that stuff I was talking about, like the depression of what I was doing and trying to achieve and all of that sort of stuff comes very quickly for me when I'm missing out on the stuff that I need in my life to make my life a little fuller or a little more whole. Um, so it's been like... I don't know if anybody else does this, but it's like, oh, I have a game on my phone that refreshes all of the stuff at midnight. Um, So I used to do that when I was heading to bed. Before I was about to read, I'd play the game on my phone as I'm doing things like getting the dog side for bed, going to the toilet, brushing my teeth, 
you know, all the things you can do with one hand, I would do and play this game just before bed. And then the realisation of going, well, I need to go to bed before 12, so that I, I, the game won't have refreshed by then. And then when you're in the same position the next day, it's like, well, I guess I just don't play that game anymore. Probably not the worst thing in the world. Less games and all that sort of thing. But it was like a little bit of a routine. Um, I like to do these little um, little quizzes on the internet. Uh, like uh, There's like a movie quiz, TV show quiz, um, a, a maths one, a music one. Just little things take like a couple of minutes. Um, I, I like to do those. They refresh at midnight. So some days I'm like, oh, I didn't do that today. In a lot of ways, little things. In a lot of ways, probably things I can live without, probably things I can do without. But also, a lot of little things in life go to make up bigger things, more important things, more meaningful things. When you start chipping away those little things. You know, I was having a conversation last night where I was saying, if your life is get up, do X, until a point where you can go to bed... It's not the most fulfilling existence. So, trying to find places, you know, the things that I, I don't want to sacrifice, I can't sacrifice, you know, reading and, and, and stuff like that, because reading is one of the things that I wanted to change about my life. So I need to add those things in. And then reaching a point where it's like, I, I, even, I haven't even got the time to read two pages of a book. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so, let's get into the last few days. I say the last few days, we're talking literally three days. Still, still constitutes a few, doesn't it? Um, it is Monday today. I like to record my podcast on a Monday. Um, in case anybody is interested about a recording schedule, it goes a lot like this. Monday, Darkest Timeline. Tuesday, NFL. Wednesday, football and or wrestling. And that leaves the rest of the week for any sort of tidying up, coding, stuff like that. Obviously, some of the podcasts are seasonal. So you get, like, uh, the wrestling. You get the... Uh, Formula One podcast that starts up again soon. Um, you know, so sometimes you've got more podcasts to do than less, sort of thing. So, Monday is today. I was like, why was I talking about Monday? Go back two days. So, I had a monster weekend ahead of me. And it went a little something like this. Saturday. Get out of bed. Key ingredient. Get out of bed. Couldn't do anything from bed. So I had to get out of it. Get dressed ready for a park run. Now then. Uh, I walked down to the park run. Took the dog with me. Got down there. Got set up. Got ready. And away we go. And I'm not going to lie. I hated every single minute of it. The park run, my local park run, is hands down one of the worst experiences that I can have in life. I also feel like I've outgrown it. It, it had a purpose, it served a purpose, all that. And I think I might have moved past that purpose. So there's that aspect. Um... I've talked about it before. I've talked to a lot of people about it as well. So I don't want to really go into too much. I don't want to rehash a lot of stuff. But ultimately, it's a collection of the worst people doing the same activity. It's it's awful. It's terrible. I cannot believe an activity like that, which I've experienced elsewhere and and, and loved... I can't believe an experience like that, an activity like that, is as as, as awful and soul-destroying as it is. So, 
Got home from the park run. Miserable. Hang on a minute. There's more to this. I got up early and did a workout. So I'm telling porcupines. Admittedly through poor memory. And poor memory is through lack of sleep. So forgive me. I got up and did a workout. Then I got ready to go and do a park run. Then now let's get back to where we were. So I get home having done a park run. And then walked the dog as well. Because the dog came with me for the run. Got home. Uh, I needed to eat. I needed to um, hydrate and shower, which ultimately was like some uh, fruit crackery things, uh, a glass of water and a cup of coffee. Next thing, pod, uh, old, uh, ex-podcast alum, still podcast alum, I don't know how you, refer, how you phrase it. Uh, basically, Luke sent me a message like, I'm on my way to yours. So I was like, right, I need to jump in the shower, which I did. Luke arrived at mine. We had a bit of time here. And then we got in the car. If anybody's interested, it might be worth get, getting a pen, pencil, or whatever, and a piece of paper, and jotting a few of these, of these little facts down. We drove... To Manchester, one and a half hours. Um, we went to Tim Hortons and got sort of like set up there. We got sat there. We got, uh, I got a coffee and a meal. And Luke got a meal and a bottle of Coke. So we sat and we ate our food and drank our drinks and chatted. After a while, we then dipped back in. So some more Tim Hortons goodies with donuts and coffee. Coffee and donuts. Uh, having been there about three hours, we travelled across Manchester 20 minutes. Which wasn't 20 minutes because we got... Yeah, see, this is again, the memory's a bit sketchy of this. I know it took us a lot longer to get where we were going... And I think it might have been sat-nav related. Ultimately, I think it took us the best part of an hour to go 20, 25 minutes. Uh, we arrived at Manchester O2 Apollo and parked the car in the car park next door. And then walked back into town and went and got a coffee in near us. So that was that. We then left Nero's and walked back to Manchester Road to Apollo to queue to go in. Now then, I know what you're thinking. Well, hang on a minute. Why were you going to the Apollo? Oh, let me tell you. Um, we went in and I head straight for the merch booth. Spent an absolute fortune... On merch. If I'd have taken two seconds to think about it, I wouldn't have done it. Spent a lot of money on a small amount of merch. Went to find a seat. Because myself and Luke were attending a stand-up comedy show. Now, one of the things about this story is... This was kind of, in a way, not where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be somewhere else. But... Having bought tickets and not being able to make a change to the uh, to the day of attending, it, it was what it was. So, sat down for an hour in our seats. And then the first support act comes out. Uh, so it was a, a, a young lad, comedian, um, and he did a 10, 15, probably more like 15 minute support act. He was very good. I think his name's Mark Smalls. Let me have a little looky loo. Because I might be able to... I might be able to quickly... 
Why this guy? Uh, hmm. No, 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 no. It's one of those where I'm probably going to have to say that I think that's the person's name, Mark Smalls. And then if I'm wrong, then I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that isn't this person's name. Uh, how do I get... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how to do... Uh, I don't know technology. I've probably wasted a long time. Anyway, not not super important right now. Well, I mean, it is, because I'd like to get the person's name, right? But, you know, whatever. So, this person got out. Now, admittedly, at this point, we were already informed that there was going to be two spot acts, which I already knew. And then there was going to be a 30-minute intermission before the headliner came out. And I was just like, the fuck? Really? We need a 30-minute intermission? And I imagine that is largely the venue forcing people to drink. Anyway, second person, second support act comes out, guy called Shane Torres. Um, he was he was good, he was fine, he was funny. Um, maybe not as good as the first guy. Maybe, not sure. So we had this 30-minute intermission, which at this point I was just like, for fuck's sake, really? Um... And then at nine o'clock Saturday night, the lights went down and stand-up comedian, podcast host, and soon-to-be movie star, Bert Kreischer, walked out onto the stage of the Manchester O2 Apollo to absolute, absolute carnage at the end of the day. So... Uh, I was working on the principle would probably do 90 minutes. I imagine that was probably about right. And that was, that was I imagine, the, the intention. So, a few things from the show. Uh, started with a load of jokes I'd already heard, and I went, oh, no. Don't tell me you're going to do old material, because that would really ruin this situation. As it was, just did a few jokes that I've heard before. Maybe a little warm-up, maybe. And then got into, like, the new stuff. I like to be as honest as I can where I can. Bert's last stand-up special. I think he's probably his weakest. Um, I feel... Like Bert was leaning hard into, um, I, I'm a storytelling comedian. Um, and I feel that although some of the stories that he told were funny, they, they didn't, some of them maybe didn't quite land. And in hindsight, whereas I think the machine special is phenomenal, obviously. Um, and Secret Time is my absolute favourite of his. Um, what was it? Hey, big boy, maybe. Um, just wasn't just wasn't his strongest special. So, because of that, my fear was that maybe some of the shine had gone. Maybe, maybe, and I like I said, trying to be as honest as I can. Maybe. He's not as good a comedian as I thought he was. There, I'm being honest. All I can say is I was in absolutely no way disappointed. Um, from what from what Luke said, he he, he did enjoy it. Um, I will get to some bits uh, in a minute, but um, I think overall we both enjoyed it a lot. I think overall, we could have enjoyed it more. So, 
get towards the back end and Bert proceeds to start telling the machine story. Now, throughout the show, they'd been heckling. Now, when when I say heckling, I always think of heckling as people shouting abuse. But I think, in actual fact, it's referred to as heckling when somebody shouts out anything. And it had been getting steadily worse throughout the show. There was a guy, two rows in front of us, and a a couple of seats to the left, who shouted, take off your hat, because Bert was wearing uh, a beanie. No shirt, but wearing a beanie. And he shouted, take off your hat. And then, over the course of the entire evening, shouted, take off your hat, about 90 times woman sat in front of us at one point shouted shut the fuck up to this guy and then within two minutes of that left just got up and walked out um by the time Bert got to the machine story it was turning into carnage absolute fucking chaos it was bad Bert kept asking people to shortest way of putting it to shut up and let him just get on with it uh, I think one of the things that was really bad was there was a point he broke the story down because the story's been done that many times. He's found a way to find, make it like still relevant, still interesting. So there was a point where he was basically trying to thank the audience, thank the public, thank the people who spotted him, thank the people all of this. He couldn't even get through that. There were people in the crowd that were shouting like, "Let him speak, let him talk, let him say what he's trying to say." He was saying the same as like, I know you know this joke. I know you know this routine. I know you know this story. But let me tell it. Because people would be like shouting stuff out. There was a point where a guy in the second row stood up and just said to him, Oh, can you hang on five minutes while I go to the toilet? And Bert was like, "Uh, yeah, sure. So then just started like ad-libbing jokes and doing other bits of comedy, going through his joke book. And we, like, both me and Luke by this point were like, what the fuck is going on here? So, by the back end, the crowd were just, I honestly thought we were going to see a riot. I honestly thought we were going to see some sort of, something was going to break out. That's what I thought, and I was like, this is going to be amazing in this confined space. Um, he said it was the, uh, it, it rivaled Ireland for being the rowdiest crowd. Um, but he did, in the end, get through it, and he did get done, and that was that. In a lot of ways, absolutely fantastic. In a lot of ways, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really, really good. I'm really looking forward to seeing his stand-up special, especially if it's this material. He did say that some of the jokes he'd done were jokes that were cut out of the special because of various reasons. So there was that, and that was nice to see. Um, as with everything these these days, it was tainted by other people. Um... So there was that sort of downside to it. But, hey. So, me and Luke leave the venue. Immediately go to the car, which is 25 yards away. Get in the car. Get out of the car park. Pretty much, bing, bang, bong, done. Get on the motorway, set off. Now, we realised quite early on that something wasn't right because the sat-nav got us to come off the motorway almost immediately. And I was like, look, I'll follow the sat-nav because the sat-nav can see stuff we can't, and often it'll be things like an accident or roadworks or whatever. 
So we came off the motorway and then we got back on the motorway. And we were like, look, look at all those cars that have been stuck behind us. A little further down the road, like, I don't know, 45 minutes, we came to a physical stop. Because it what, what apparently was the busiest time of day for traffic, you know, midnight, there were roadworks, and they took four lanes and turned those four lanes into one lane. And that was also carnage, because everybody had to try and get into the one lane that was actually open. Nobody wants to let anybody in, and all this, that, and the other. And at 10 to 12, I said, we have officially stopped moving. Eventually, we got past it. Eventually, we got moving. Got home at 20 to 1. Sent Luke off on his merry way home. I went immediately upstairs, brushed my teeth, got undressed, and got into bed. Four and a half hours later, I got back out of bed. So, something I alluded to earlier was I was technically supposed to be somewhere else um, because it was podcast alum, very much podcast alum, uh, the co-host with the co-most, it was Paul Williams' stag do, and that stag do was taking place in Edinburgh over two days, Saturday and Sunday. I, I admittedly had had the dates confirmed for the stag do and hadn't registered when I bought the tickets to go and see Bert that it was the same weekend. And the Saturday in question. Um, I then had to explain to the person who was organising the stag do the situation. And I said, look, I will travel to Edinburgh on the Sunday so that I can be there. They're like, you know, you don't need to. All this also, major train problems this weekend. So when I looked at the train option... It was start of the day at 8 o'clock by getting on a bus to Newcastle to then get on a train to Edinburgh. The whole thing was going to take four hours and it was going to cost an absolute fortune. And I went, screw that shit. If I leave at 6 o'clock in the morning in the car, I can be there two hours after the train would have started. Uh, And when I say train, I do mean bus. So I'm like, hey... I'm going to drive. Yeah, it's a four-hour drive to Edinburgh. Do you know how I know this? Because I drove to Edinburgh. Yes, I got in the car. Again, another one of those where my intention was to be in the car on the road at six. Uh, I didn't quite make it. At 28 minutes past six, I set off and away we go. And barring one stop, um, I drove all the way to Edinburgh, barring one stop. Um, Some of it wasn't amazing. The last uh, 70 miles of that journey are single carriageway, dual carriageway, single carriageway, dual carriageway, single carriageway, dual carriageway. For 70 miles. Um, It was very picturesque. It was very serene. It was very... um, Very Scottish. Kind of what you'd imagine. Being in Scotland. Um, I got there. I went to the... uh, I went to meet uh, Matt and Stu. Of wrestling and other podcast fame um they were a little bit too far away from me they were half an hour away so instead i'm out with um tom a couple of other people had some coffee which was very much needed went to the house where everyone was staying gathered everyone together uh went to a brewery which didn't feel overly brewery-esque it felt like a bar um it was supposed to take us 25 minutes to get there i was driving took us 50 because apparently Edinburgh's solution to all problems is just block every road. That's not even a joke. Every road in Edinburgh was 20 miles an hour and they were all closed. 
all of them. Winston's bar, we were supposed to leave there at a certain time, then they extended it for another couple of hours. Uh, what was nice was they had a good selection. I say good selection. It was a particular brewery who are one of my least favourites. Uh, but they had a, a very decent selection of non-alcoholic uh, beverages and coffee machine. So I was sorted. Uh, the point we left there, I'd had five coffees yesterday. By that point in time. We left there to go to another bar to watch the NFL championship games i won't go into the games because obviously we've got a you know nfl podcast for that and we'll be going through that tomorrow uh check your record schedules uh from earlier in the podcast um lovely place there was uh there was a, a a separate room loads of tvs all showing the nfl it was fantastic uh we had a couple of booths uh by this point i needed to eat so i was like can i get some food I'm like, sure. Right, so I ordered food. It came. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, when the guy came to take the plate away, he was like, how was it? I was like, it was phenomenal. I think I was like very hungry. I, I imagine a, a boot would have tasted great at that time. Um, so we watched the first game. And then... It was time to leave. I don't know what you're thinking. What, you left the bar? No, it was time to leave Edinburgh. So, has anybody been keeping a running total at this point? I drove uh, myself, uh, James Panas, uh, Thomas Quinn, who has also been on the podcast, and... Ah, Stu and Matt. All back to the house. James Panas collected his stuff, got back in the car with me, and that's right, we drove to York. And whereas on the way there, there was 70 miles of twisty, turny, windy roads, um, on the way back, (laughs) there was 120 miles of back roads 60 mile an hour back roads and in all that time in the two hours two and a bit hours of being on those roads we saw one other car uh featured things such as a uh an owl nearly flew into the car that was entertaining and uh we hit a log at one point that was less entertaining uh, we drove for um, 140 miles, 139 miles. It's actually more than that. It was 45. It doesn't matter. Um, to hit a service station, get some coffee, and carry on. I was flagging a little at that point. Uh, however, the coffee reinvigorated me, and I managed to make it all the way back to York dropped Mr. Panas off and drove home. I arrived home at quarter past four. So by the time I got in, dropped my stuff off, got again, teeth brushed, undressed and into bed. I'd been up for just short of 24 hours and about 11 hours of that time was me driving. Um... Obviously, there's the fact that I drove to and from Manchester and didn't get home till nearly one o'clock. But that's a whole other story that I've already told. Um, yes, today was... I wasn't at work today, so there's that. Today was a challenge. To the point where I uh, I announced at three o'clock this afternoon, I need to go to sleep. So I had a, I had a power nap. I had a little nana nap. Um, so that was that it was it was a wild time it was a very enjoyable time it was a very difficult time you know when you're fighting with um, sleep exhaustion hunger I think because I was awake so much and I was doing so much and like mental concentration and all that sort of stuff 
I was just hungry constantly. Uh, I had some really nice food um, over the two days. I did worry about my weigh-in today. Um, but over two days, I think I'd had like, I know, like 500 milliliters of water. Um, my lips are just destroyed. Um, I drank more water in one go today than I drank in 48 hours. So, <clears throat> admittedly, that might have a factor for when I stepped on the scales and I'd lost two pounds this week. Um, you know, you've got to be winning somewhere. Um, final thing for the week is today, I'd take the dog to the vet. Again. And I am beyond sick and tired of going to the vets now because the vet has decided... Yeah, I know we were getting a lot of money out of you before, but it wasn't enough. So we've come up with a new and interesting way to get money out of you. And it's a lot more money. Uh, it cost me the princely sum of £200 to go to the vet today to essentially be told by the vet, Hey, I'm fleecing you for money. Because of a variety of different things. And then to be told. Obviously there's a, this is just the start. You've got another thing coming before the end of the week. Early next week. And then there's another thing coming after that. I was saying to Leanne. I was like. This is going to cost me the best part of a £1,000. Because apparently they've decided that I'm made of money. <coughs> so that's fun. You know, the, the the comfort and knowledge that I'm paying for multiple people's BMWs. Uh, and n none of those people are me, because I don't have a BMW, but apparently I'm paying for a lot of them. Now then, something you may or may not expect is, with everything I've talked about, with everything that's been going on, with all the stuff that has been in the last hour... It's been very little time for anything else. But when there has been time, um, I have watched no films. Um, I nearly finished watching a film this evening, but I didn't. And it's a film I've reviewed before, so no great shakes there. I've watched the second episode of Welcome to, to Chippendales. Welcome to the Chippendales, whichever that is. Um... Very much in the vein of in the vein of Pam and Tommy, in the sense that it's very watchable. This one is a little bit grittier, it's a little bit darker, which anything like that can get a little difficult to watch in places. So there is that. Um, there are these other characters come in. Juliet Lewis has come into it, and her character seems to be an absolute joy. Um, and I'm sure she's not going to be a problem at any point in the future. Um, it's good. It's watchable. It's hard watching at certain points. It is only the second episode, so I'm sure there's a lot more to, to come. I don't imagine a lot of it's going to be very much fun. I was going to say very good, but that wouldn't make a lot of sense. Um... And the only other thing that I've managed to fit in anywhere is a little bit of playing Need for Speed. Um, I can hands down say that in all of the time that I've been playing computer games, I've never played a racing game like it. Um, it's a thinking man's racing game, which almost, it just, the concept itself is completely baffling. Because in theory, there should be no such thing. Um, but in a lot of ways, it feels like trying to play chess. Which for a man like me is difficult. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I have managed to progress past the first section now. Um, I, did, I made a, a risky manoeuvre the other day and I bought another car that I really wanted. And I spent nearly all the money I had on another car. Got the old uh, Subaru Impreza on the go. And it cost me a lot of money. 
And then, when I went into the next day's worth of racing, like, oh, you can win a car on this day. You can win a Mitsubishi Evo. And I went, then why the fuck did I just buy a Subaru Impreza? So it's things like that. It, it, it likes to, uh, when you're not looking, it likes to kick you in the balls. Um, but it's fun. Um, again, it's one of those, as far as games are concerned these days, I will continue to play it for however long it will allow me to continue to play. The w- other thing I will say is this. There are games coming out. I have made the decision to not pick up a couple of games. One of those two games I really want to play. It's one of my favourite all-time games. It would definitely be... In the top five. Potentially in the top three. As far as games are concerned. However, they want an absolute king's ransom for it. And I don't have that kind of money to pay for computer games right now. So... You know, I've got I've got dogs and vet bills to pay. Um, so for the time being, I will keep plugging away at the games that I own. Need for Speed being one of them, and we we will see what the future brings as far as new, not necessarily new remade games are concerned. Um, so that roller coaster ride was the week that was. There we go. Catch me next time. Or I'll catch you next time. We shall see. Tatty buys. So there you go. What do you think of that? Hopefully not too rambly. Hopefully made some sort of sense. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop reviews. Check out the website. It's thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button and you can get in touch with us through any way you see fit. That's it for this one. Till next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. You've just listened to another episode of Cookie Cast. Thanks for listening.